guys, this is Leva Bates. You might also know me as Blue Pants. You might also know me as the Queen of Cosplay. You might also know me as Girl Who Just Kicked Your Butt. And you are listening to the only podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole Reffin Show. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole Reffin Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of the only wrestling podcast. It calls it right down the middle. That would have to be the whole Reffin Show. My name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. And we told a fib. We told a fib. We did. We told a horrible uh, fib. Yeah, we said we would not miss another week again. And uh, I, I doubled down on that guarantee uh, on Instagram. I made it clear that just because we were a day late did not mean that we were a dollar short and that we would not be a week late. But guess what? We're a week late. We promise you. We promise you, dear listeners, this is not a trend that will continue. Uh, it is not the policy of the whole reference show to disappoint, but I will tell you <laughs> the end of a school year, the death of your dog and a car accident will put a damper on your week. It certainly will. Big, big ups though to, to blaze who is now on doggy heaven. Uh, a beautiful, beautiful puppy loved by all. Um, sad to see him go, of course. Um, and yeah, what Darren said is accurate. We, we literally last episode said, uh, we will be back folks. <laughs> we, we won't not be back. Um, and Darren, like, like I said, mentioned on Instagram that we'd be back. So Darren, just delete that post on Instagram and I'll go back and edit the last episode. And, uh, you know what it's like, uh, if I remember correctly, at the end of Kevin Smith's first film, Clerks, <laughs> uh, in the credits, doesn't it say Jay and Silent Bob will return in Dogma? I believe so. I believe so. Okay. Now, Jay and Silent Bob did return in Dogma, but they also returned in two movies before Dogma. Yeah, th- that's accurate. Also, if you, if you bought the DVD version of uh, Blues Brothers... When it first came out back in, I think, 2001, I mean, I know I did. Uh, if you check the special features on that and you go to the actor's filmographies, if you check Dan Aykroyd's filmography, his very first credit uh, is Ghostbusters 3, which was in production according to that DVD. So, And guess what didn't happen? So what I'm saying is there are worse cases uh, than, than us, folks. If you want procrastination... All right, if you want lies, you you go somewhere else. We're small potatoes, all right? Yeah, exactly. We will never promise you that the whole reference show will return in Ghostbusters 3. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We we have said some zany things on this show, so hard to say. But on this show, there's a lot more to talk about. Speaking of zany, uh, WWE packed up uh, a, a few, maybe 20 planes and flew overseas to Saudi Arabia for uh, 
Greatest Royal Rumble. Not even the, just Greatest Royal Rumble. They they threw a little uh, PPV slash network exclusive in Saudi Arabia. So that that's interesting. Uh, more interesting is how this whole thing came about. We've got plenty of speculation as to how that became so. Also, we're going to talk about Kane. Kane, Glenn Jacobs, uh, making some moves. Uh, not in the ring, of course. Um, very much out of the ring, behind a desk. Or behind a, a lectern talking to, to folks. Uh, so making some big, big waves over in uh, Knox County, Tennessee. And, uh, of course, we got to go head-to-head. Head-to-head. For Backlash 2018. Which is uh, very much, very, very soon. This weekend, some would say. Uh, so, Darren and I, we got to talk about that show. Talk about what's going on with that. It is a co-branded PPV. And we're pretty sure that's all they're going to be from here on out. That's the word, so we'll see about that. Uh, so a lot less women on the card is basically what that means. Uh, your, your two title championship uh, defenses, and that's kind of kind of where it. What do you think, Darren? Well, yeah, but not as few women as are on Greatest Royal Rumble. Oh, zing. Zing. Well done. Uh, so, yeah, lots to talk about. We're going to talk about the backlash, and uh, I guess we're going to talk about them. Headlines! Glenn Jacobs, better known to you and me and Perry, dear listeners, as Kane, uh, also known as Dr. Isaac Yankum. <laughs> that's that's what I call him. Uh, well, that I mean, that's I, I would vote for Dr. Isaac Yankum for my mayor, but I don't live in Knox County, Tennessee, where Glenn Jacobs is running for mayor. And just today. Wednesday, as we are recording, Glenn Jacobs has won the Republican primary to earn the uh, right, the legal right to run for mayor. He is now one of what I presume will be a, a two-candidate race between a Republican nominee, which is Kane, and the Democratic nominee for Knox County, Tennessee. That's hilarious. The end. <laughs> He's a person, Darren. He he plays a monster. He he, he plays a, a monstrous wrestling uh, uh, character on television, but he's also a person. Um, if you say so, okay. I uh, I I have been told that he is Hell's favorite demon. <laughs> you know, you know, it's calling him that, don't you? He is. <laughs> Uh, he might be Hill's well, favorite mayor uh, if uh, he plays his cards right. Uh, Hill's favorite mayor. Now, I could get really political with this, but I won't. <laughs> well, it's it's too late. I think it's already, uh, he's already... He's already got a t-shirt that says it, so fingers crossed that pans out for him. So, yeah, I mean, uh, good for Glenn Jacobs, obviously. Um, his, his, his wrestling career is just kind of now just making random appearances, like... Who can beat this guy? Oh, Kane showed up, and Kane lost. So it's nice that he has something else to do. Um, I mean, would you vote for a guy who couldn't beat Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship? That's something something you got to think about, voters. So you know, all our all of our dear listeners over in uh, Knox County, Tennessee, oh, you got to think about the hard topics. You know, I think that our demographics show that Knox County, Tennessee, is a hot spot for listeners of the whole reference show. Well, of course, so. We may actually have a great impact on this election. <laughs> the, only thing make, the only thing that would be better than Kane being the mayor of anything is, is us uh, swaying voters 
in favor or not in favor of uh, Kane. Uh, I, I just like that power. I'm very power hungry here at the whole ref and show. Uh, so I think we can both agree though, Darren, like good luck to Kane. <laughs> good luck to Glenn Jacobs become mayor. Um, yeah, it'd be awesome. Yeah. He, he might be horrible probably. by the way. He, he might be the, the worst possible thing for Knox County, Tennessee, but I just want Kane to be the mayor. Well, I, well, here's one thing. And I, and I said, I wasn't going to get political, but here's, here's the thing. He, Glenn Jacobs is running uh, on the Republican uh, ticket. <laughs> Glenn Jacobs is not a Republican. Glenn Jacobs is a libertarian. Oh no. Glenn Jacobs, Glenn Jacobs was a very vocal supporter of Ron Paul and Ron Paul's uh, two uh, bids for the presidency in this century. When even though Ron Paul was also running as a Republican, he was a libertarian through and through read anything Ron Paul has written, listen to any speech he has given, and you will know what Glenn Jacobs' view of government is. Glenn Jacobs is not going to make Republicans or Democrats very happy if he is elected mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. Glenn Jacobs is probably going to do away with roads. Libertarians, <laughs> libertarians, they don't want government doing shit. So all I can say is uh, Knox villains. Uh, <laughs> you might uh, you might have your taxes cut, but uh, enjoy spending the money that you save on taxes in paving your own roads <laughs> and uh, 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 rinsing your own water. You can uh, create a a neighborhood watch. Uh, because the police budget's getting cut. <laughs> you might need a neighborhood militia. Uh, wow. Well, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think you're helping Glenn Jacobs at all anymore. Um, I mean, no way. I mean, I mean, I mean, vote for King. There you go. That's much better. Now you, you probably will get the sympathy vote because uh, his parents died in that horrible fire, uh, which Paul Bearer <laughs> helped. Him. I forget what the story with Kane is nowadays, but something like that. His, you know, he's got the estranged brother, you know, the Undertaker, and it's it's uh, it, it's craziness. Well, the problem is the Undertaker started that fire. It's true. This uh, is true, according to Paul Bear. So, I mean, you know, if 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 Kane is your mayor, you never know when the Undertaker might show up to wreak havoc. And even worse, if. If the Undertaker starts a fire, no fire department to put it out anymore because we all know the policy now. Because you've elected a libertarian. <laughs> so bring buckets full of water, folks. Think ahead. <laughs> Speaking of thinking ahead, uh, WWE, like I mentioned, did go overseas to Saudi Arabia. They went to Jeddah for Greatest Royal Rumble. This actually took place on a Friday, not your typical Sunday PPV slash network exclusive. Uh, so that was kind of weird already, right? I mean, it, it had yeah. a very early start time as well, which is also kind of weird. Yeah, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. So that's 9 a.m. out there on the left coast where you are, Perry. Yeah. Well, I caught the replay. <laughs> Well, I had to catch the replay, too, because it doesn't matter how dedicated you are to a passion such as pro wrestling. 
Uh, the train's got to run on time. Somebody's got to pay the bills. Somebody's got to pay the piper. You can't do that if you play hooky from work. This is true. This is very true, kids. Take take uh, take Uncle Darren's advice. Uh, that, that's very accurate. Um, so th- this is very odd. This to me, th- this kind of harkens back to uh, was it Capital Carnage? Like like those this random Coliseum videos you would you would find of like WWF stuff you didn't know existed. Uh, Capital Carnage is one of them, of course. Um, like taboo, like when they would have those show those like pay per view quality. Uh, super shows like in England, like Insurrection, wasn't that one of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Taboo Tuesday. Did that actually was that actually a pay per view though? I don't remember anymore. It was, that was an actual pay per view. It was an American pay per view. Was it was part of the regular pay per view schedule, but it was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday, and that's weird. Not to be confused with Tuesday in Texas. Right, 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 right. Of course, this this kind of um this whole thing's odd. I mean, a lot of people basically think this is, and, and it, it, it probably is, basically uh, some very, very rich Saudis going, here's a briefcase full of money. Um, <laughs> come put on your show here. And Vince went, yes, sir. Um, because, I mean, oh, the, no. That, and that's absolutely what it is. Right. And then the card itself is is very, like, it, it's almost like a, like a, like they handed him a menu and said, like, circle which, which stars you want to be <laughs> to wrestle at this thing, what kind of matches you want them in? Because a lot of gimmick matches here, um, a lot of uh, a lot of talent involved here. Not to mention a fifty a fifty person Royal Rumble, which is just insanity and, and takes as long to happen as you think it would. Um, and, it's, uh, and you know what? There, there's no need to be politically correct there. It's not a fifty person Rumble. It is a fifty man Rumble. That's right. And there is only. There is only a men's rumble here. Uh, a couple of things I want to say. Uh, this did come from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. This is the second show, I think, within a, within uh, 12 months, within uh, a year, in which uh, the WWE has been in Saudi Arabia. The last show in Riyadh was not quite as big a deal, certainly not a network special. This comes from King Abdullah Sports City Stadium. and I think it's the stadium is called... King Abdullah's Sports City. I well, let me just say this: I, I have spent the past several days trying to get a grasp on all of the hate for this show. I don't get it. I loved it. I loved that it was in Saudi Arabia. I loved that it looked a little different. That it felt a little different. I like the fact that it came on at noon. It, it is. It's. I get so tired of just how cookie-cutter WWE is. That this is just the sort of, like, left-field shenanigans that makes it exciting again. It's like, wait, didn't we just see some of these matches? Or, wait, aren't we supposed to be waiting to see some of these matches? Who the hell is that guy? What is he doing here? There's no women? Why are all of those people dressed like that? What the hell is going on? It's Friday at lunchtime? I love every bit of that. Hell, I even love the controversy. Do I support, like, am I on the side of everything? Uh, Like, am I pro-everything that has become controversial about the show? No. But I like the controversy. 
Controversy creates cash. Eric Bischoff said it himself. <laughs> Controversy, if it doesn't create cash, it at least brings eyes to the product. I mean, and there's a lot of controversy. Okay, why don't we just start off talking about the controversy a little bit? Okay. I, I thought you already for, were. For starters, for, well, I mean, for, for starters, Kane's not there, is right? That, is that controversy? Well, really? Well, first of all, uh, from a WWE standpoint, yeah. Kane is this representative of hell. Are we really going to start talking about, like, the embodiment of hell from, like, the Western world's perspective in this Muslim country? Secondly, is a Republican candidate for mayor in the Deep South going to go perform for a Saudi prince? I mean, you know, say what you will about the uh, George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush and the odd connections with the Saudi, you know, the Saudi royal family, most conservative Republicans aren't that interested in any type of recognition or normalization of a relationship with Islamic states such as Saudi Arabia. So in two different ways, Kane's controversial. And so he's not there, right. you know, he's at home washing his tights, <laughs> you know, and, and pressing it, you know, pressing his slacks because he's on the campaign trail. Okay. The biggest controversy of all, biggest controversy of all. It was a controversy before the show even began. No women, no women. Now, I found it very odd that on the show that does not allow women performers, WWE's little, look at us, we're in Saudi Arabia package, celebrated the fact that Saudi Arabia had recently allowed men and women to sit next to one another in movie theaters. It's a big step. It's a big step. Well, I mean, I, I don't I don't know if it was so much women could not perform or if women could perform but they had to be fully covered. And at that no, point was, you you don't it, know who is who's who. No, it was that they could not perform. They oh, were wow. not allowed so much so, so much so that apparently the and then you and you know this we've attended plenty of of live WWE shows that were network specials or pay-per-views what have you the advertisements that are running on the network are typically not always but typically running live in the arena as well so the saudis had made it perfectly clear WWE was not to have women perform on this show but on the advertisements for the WWE Network, which are going out to WWE Network subscribers, there was plenty of shots of women wrestling, women making entrances, women high-fiving children, etc., etc. And apparently, I don't know if WWE apologized to the Saudis about it, but the Saudis issued an apology to anyone watching who was offended by the sight of these women on the program. <laughs> wow. I know there was a stink um, because and I, I noticed it watching the event. Toward the end, there was a, a little commercial that involved uh, Ronda Rousey and just kind of like what she's you know doing right now and, and on Raw. And I was like, uh-oh, yee. Like, <laughs> you better not show, they're not showing this in the arena. 
And apparently well, they did. Why. Yeah. They did. Yeah. So that that's uh that's too bad. And and so, obviously that's a big cultural difference between uh our country and their country, and it's sad. Right? I mean that's horrible. Uh well uh, I mean shit, man. It's sad, but but I mean that yes, it's sad. It's sad in such a bigger way than simply a wrestling show. I mean, we're talking about the the entire if you broach that topic, you're talking about the uh, impossibility of religions peacefully coexisting. You're talking about uh, uh, prohibition of globalization. You know, you're talking about keeping uh, people at conflict and holding people hostage with the great resources of the world, chief among them oil. You know, all you have to do if you want to discuss that special relationship between uh, Texas oil men and Saudi princes, it all comes down to what runs your combustible engine, right? Sure. Oil makes the world go round. Got to keep peace with the Saudis because they're the only ones who will do business with us without some sort uh, of jihadist uh, hatred. And that's reality. That is not my perspective. That is not my American slant. That is a reality. Are there rationales? Are there justifications among those belligerent states or belligerent cells within those states? Yeah, maybe. I don't I don't uh, appreciate them. I don't respect them, but uh, I acknowledge them. Nevertheless, the whole shebang, the whole presence of WWE over there is controversial, right? Outside of Kane, outside of the women, you also have Sami Zayn is told he's not needed on this show. Okay, Sami Zayn, Muslim. Sami Zayn, Syrian. Well, we don't want your particular flavor in Saudi Arabia, Sami. So guess what? You get to sit at home. Uh, okay, you're denying this man his ability to get a payday, yet you bring back Davari. First of all, I, you know, the biggest controversy of the night is that I get to see my Billy Sting analogy <laughs> live in living color. Because when they first came out, they by God said... Here's Arya Davari and his older brother, Davari. <laughs> you did it. You, you're doing your own joke. You are bringing the ridicule upon your, yourself, WWE. Hashtag Billy Sting. Uh, I mean, I will take that one to my grave. Hashtag Billy Sting. Uh, just because you ended up throwing Sean uh, later in uh, when you mentioned Sean Davari, just because you threw out Sean later. You know what? Also, hashtag never forget. You said Arya Davari and Davari. So my point is is illustrated perfectly. Right. right. It's like, here comes Sting and Billy Sting. Right. That's They did it. But, like, uh, outside of the Billy Sting uh, bit of it, okay, Sami Zayn has to stay home because of his particular brand, of Islam. Meanwhile, 
you not only allow the Davaris to come out, you have them come out flaunting their Persian ethnicity, their Iranian brand of Islam, which of course is Shia Islam, unlike the Sunni Saudis. Uh, that's highly controversial. That's very, very, very controversial. And you're going to put that front and center in the ring in front of this whole stadium? I'm surprised they didn't get Billy Sting killed. Well, as they say, Darren, controversy creates cash. Oh, man. You, you, why do you... Sometimes I wish you didn't listen to me so well. <laughs> hey, man, I listen. Uh, so, yeah, so for a lot of the reasons that Darren just mentioned, uh, this show was very... Uh, uh, I say very special. I, I I once worked with Mark Summers, Darren. Mark Summers, the former host you, of I, I remember, I the, remember the former host of Double Dare and Family Double Dare. What what would you do? Uh, also, I think he right. was on what Unwrapped. Is that what that show was called? Unwrapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's anyway. That's 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 Latter Day's Mark Summers. We don't need that. We don't talk we about just that. Want super sloppy double dare. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm an actor for those who don't know, and I worked with uh, Mark Summers on something. It's actually it was a music video for the band Good Charlotte, uh, where <laughs> where we got a set uh, that was basically the set from Double Dare recreated, and Mark of Summers. Mark Summers played Mark Summers. I was a stagehand for uh, the the Double Dare set. Uh, anyway, wait, 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 wait. You didn't play Mark Summers? <laughs> no, they actually got Mark Summers to play himself. Anyway, I was talking to Mark Summers, and uh, he talked about, you know, he told me a lot of really funny stories about working Double Dare all those years. And he mentioned that, like, the, at one point there were some new executives at Nickelodeon, and, and they wanted him to come to their, like, like son's birthday party to do Double Dare in, like, the backyard or something like that. And Mark Summers was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And they were like, I think it'd be in your best interests to do this, Mark. And he was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. That's what this seemed like to me. This is the 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 Saudis going, hey, come put on your wrestling show in my backyard for my kids. And it literally is that. All, all of the immediate uh, ringside people... They're all they're all uh, part of the Saudi uh, family, the, the the royal Saudi family, or uh, they're friends of or whatever the VIPs of that. And if you watch the show, you see they're not people just sitting in seats watching the action, you know, with like KO shirts or you know the Shield shirts or whatever. They're like mingling and talking and not paying attention, and and it's it's very it's very non typical, I will say. Right, and there did you see what they're sitting in? No. They weren't. They weren't folding chairs. There were couches and like easy chairs. Really? I, I, I didn't side. notice that. No. I, I, uh, I like that. There's there's a giant and there's a giant divide between the the royal family section and the real wrestling fans that you need to be ringside. And it was just like, oh man, this everything about the show was just kind of odd to me. And that being said, I actually did enjoy the show. I wasn't looking forward to it at all. But I mean the 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 card is pretty is pretty pretty well made. I, I gotta say. No, it is. It, it has okay. Again, for all the reasons, both good and bad, that this show stands out. I like it. I really do. Beyond that, of course, 
it just has a WrestleMania vibe. It has the extra special set, the one-time-only set, the long entrance ramp, the big crowd, the uh, full-on return of Pyro, the open-air stadium feel, you know, like the big, like, over-the-ring erector set uh, piece, right? the extra piece. You know, all that's really cool. And then there's the fact that when the camera shots are tight and you see the wrestlers in the ring, it looks like any old Monday Night Raw. But the way the crowd is lit, the way the rest of the stadium is lit, and I'm sure it's just because of the way that that particular arena is built, styled, wired, etc., it looks a little different, and it makes it feel a little different and feel a little special. You know, and, and I really like that. You take something outside of the United States and Canada, it's going to feel different. Even if it's something very similar, like London, it's going to feel different. Now, go to damn Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, it's going to feel particularly different. But I like that. I think you're just a sucker for uh, outdoor arenas, uh, Darren. You, you, you've mentioned that before, that you're a big fan of those. I, myself, not a fan of WrestleMania's that typically take place in an outdoor arena, which is ironic because the one that I've gone to was in an outdoor arena. But, uh, hey, beggars can't be choosers. So let's, I mean, we talked enough about the ambiance of the show, what kind of made this show happen, what was wrong with the show, and we can go ahead and get into the card a little bit. We're not going to go too into detail about these matches uh, if, if we can avoid it. A lot of the stuff is kind of typical stuff you would see on Raw or SmackDown Live, or maybe you already saw once at WrestleMania 34, uh, which you can still kind of taste that in your mouth if you swash your tongue around enough. Um, so th- that just happened. So women, first of all, and, and kind of backing up your statement, Darren, very noticeable they're not on this card. Very weird to watch five hours of wrestling and not see a single woman wrestle in that ring at this point. And then that's, that's cool that that's noticeable at this point. Um, not cool. However, the women are not represented at all, but again, different, uh, different, different world over there. Different world. It is a different world. Well, let's just get into these matches. Uh, uh, John Cena goes over on Triple H. Uh, that's pretty cool. They, How many times did Michael Cole talk about how long it's been since these guys have wrestled? I mean, you need just say it one time, Michael. It's okay. We get it. <laughs> uh, but it, it, is, it is neat to know, uh, the, the first time you said it, Michael, that it has been so long. And... It does look and feel a little different to see Cena and Triple H in there. It is an actual kind of a throwback. It felt, somehow felt even weirder than seeing Triple H and Kurt Angle face off because that felt so once in a lifetime or special attraction. Whereas Triple H and Cena is like, well, wait a minute. This was kind of normal just a few years back. And now here it is again. Right. But, so I like that. But John Cena wins and took, three AAs to do it, but Cedric Alexander defended his cruiserweight belt against Kalisto, and this was the best cruiserweight match under the WWE umbrella that I've seen in quite a while. Wow. Would you would you say this match was better than the Alexander Ali match at WrestleMania? Absolutely okay. it was. Alexander and Ali are both very good. Ali is very good. Kalisto uh, may be better than Ali. He's certainly a better dance partner, uh, so to speak, with Cedric Alexander, because this match is is outstanding. 
Poor, like, poor, poor. Really it, it is a good match. Poor Kalisto uh, trying his heart out to, to get the Lucha Lucha chant going. It's just not taking. That royal family just doesn't know what he's doing. No, that's true. Somehow the the Saudis don't know to say Lucha Lucha. But in the following match, 60,000 Saudis do know how to say delete, delete, <laughs> delete. Because they did it starting with the very first time that Matt Hardy did it. They didn't see him do it two or three times and then go, oh, are we supposed to say delete? They were there for the first delete. As uh, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy take on the Raw Tag Champ Sheamus and Cesaro. Sheamus and Cesaro. There you go. There you go. And they win. They do. The, the title belts change hands, which is good because Sheamus and Cesaro are no longer on Raw. So it's fitting that a raw tag team take those belts uh, off their off their shoulders slash waists. Uh, Matt Hardy, Bray Wyatt, actually putting them together. I think uh, it's working wonders for both of them. I think uh, I think a lot of people didn't know what was going to happen to Matt Hardy with Jeff Hardy being gone, and now oddly enough, Jeff Hardy has returned and basically has nothing to do with Matt Hardy. Um, he's he moved on and he's now the U.S. champion, which is kind of interesting to me. But uh, yeah, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, it, it's it's working. It should not, but it is working. It is, and man, I didn't think I could like Broken or Woken Matt more, but I like that music. <laughs> that music is excellent. It is pretty good. So, Jeff, speaking of Jeff Hardy. Oh, but, 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 uh, speaking of Jeff Hardy. <laughs> he is your United States champion, and he took on Jinder Mahal. Uh, this was a good match. It was much shorter uh, of a match than I felt like it would be, and maybe even should be. Uh, it just it just seemed like here's Jeff's moment in the sun. You just kind of threw gender at him, and Jeff just wins. Yeah, with I mean, swan you basically you literally just saw this match happen on Raw like not too long ago. So it's not like oh you're seeing something new here. Like this is already old hat to these guys. Uh, Jeff Hardy hits a uh, whisper in the wind. On, uh, on Jinder Mahal and misses completely. And Jinder Mahal sells it anyway. And of course, that, that was a big uh, that was a big botch that everyone's talking about following this show. You know, after this match was my, might have been the most awkward thing, however. Uh, there's a long break here between matches. And it's a very, very awkward, awkward panel. Uh, it's Byron Saxton, Jerry Lawler, Jim Ross, and Booker T. First of all, again, the women are noticeably absent. Once you leave the ringside area, almost every panel is anchored by a woman. And that woman is usually Renee Young. Well, Renee, of course, is not there. Secondly, instead of the, uh, the panel being concave, uh, in, in terms of the viewer's perspective, it's convex and it's very small. And these four men are sitting very close to one another. <laughs> so that's awkward enough. Secondly, if Renee Young is not going to be the anchor, by God, and pun intended, Jim Ross should be. Jim Ross, in all of his rotundity, his uh, Hall of Fame career and his gigantic cowboy hat should not be seated third 
and not in control of the conversation. Jim Ross, as just a panel member, is very awkward. He doesn't know when to speak, and it's clear that he is so dedicated to not dominating the conversation that he almost says nothing. <laughs> and, and, he's, and, and Booker T acted like he was drunk. That's, like, that's pretty typical of Booker T, I'd say. But, dude, it was on, it was a whole other level. He was like, you know, I know he wears his tie and his top button kind of loose, but they were very loose. He was sitting way low in his chair. His hair was down. He was kind of leaned over to one side. I'm like, what is this dude on right now? <laughs> All I'm saying is that Vince McMahon better have chewed everybody's ass out after these after this segment because all four of them end up looking like they are robbing Vince McMahon of their payday because none of them earned it. <laughs> hey man. It was, it, it was it was a great relief for this for this to be over. When the Bludgeon Brothers and the Usos come out uh for the SmackDown tag match, I was like thank God I don't have to look at Jim Ross's giant noggin sitting there in the middle of my TV screen, lost like some idiot in the woods. <laughs> yeah, we, we call it down the middle here, folks. And sometimes it gets a little, uh, a little mean spirited. Uh, speaking of mean spirited, the Bludgeon Brothers, oh, they're mean spirited. They put the Usos down pretty quick, maintain those SmackDown tag team titles. I love the Bludgeon Brothers music. That's all I have to say about this match. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't quite, uh, eh, not quite on board with the Bludgeon Brothers because uh, I don't know what the end game is supposed to be. They're just destroying everyone they fight. I don't know if you have to get two big people to defeat them or what's going to happen there. But I'm kind of, I kind of don't care. I'm not really interested. I'm not really invested into it. Um, me personally. Uh, after that, we have an IC ladder match, Intercontinental title ladder match. Seth Rollins defending that belt he won at WrestleMania 34 against, uh, well, some people who were involved in that match, uh, against The Miz, against Samoa Joe, and against Finn Balor. Uh, this is actually a pretty good match. I, I did enjoy this match quite a bit. Uh, yeah, and also Finn Balor with no rainbows present. Oh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that, too. Just, just start. Just keep on the controversy. Just keep on bringing it. Like, you know, WWE, we're going to sacrifice all of our progressive values here to the Saudis. Yeah. Because they put a lot of zeros at the end of that check. They must have. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Seth Rollins does retain uh, his title belt in the match, and again, it, it is a good match. My, my main takeaway here, even though Seth Rollins as the champion defense, is that it, this match made Samoa Joe look really good. And for some reason, and I don't know why, if this was the intention or not, it made The Miz look really bad. This match did not do The Miz any favors, and that sucks. Well, <laughs> he'll, he'll get it back. I mean, not just, not just as a fan of The Miz, but just objectively speaking, this guy has been a very hot commodity for a long time. And he ends up looking like a big asshole here. He look, he looks like uh, uh, an, an also ran. He looks like Miz from two years ago, not like the Miz of the last two years. So that's unfortunate. I hope that it was just, you know, one night in Saudi Arabia, and then we go back to, you know, 
good good Miz times. Yeah, he, he didn't seem kind of out of sorts. Uh, it's kind of weird seeing Miz without anyone with him, without a Miz Taraj, without Maurice. So it's kind of Miz flying solo right now, which, by the way, the Miz Taraj needs to change their name if they're not going to be with the Miz anymore. Um, that, that's just uh, yes, they did. That's just something that needs to happen. Uh, beyond that, we have a uh, we have a rematch from WrestleMania 34, a match that I was very excited about the first time around and did not like the outcome of, did not like the actual execution of, and that would be the world title match between Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles. AJ Styles, of course, defending his title belt. This match was arguably, and I don't think many people would argue that, better than the WrestleMania match, way better, because they're not both... Uh, kayfabing injuries of some sort, so I could actually move around. Um, still wasn't the greatest match you'll ever see, but it was definitely a much better match um, for these two. And, uh, you know, one thing I don't like about WWE, well, there's a lot of things I don't like about them, but this one specifically, uh, they, they, they did a bad, bad thing. They, uh, they called up Chris Isaac. <laughs> they did a bad, bad thing, Darren. They changed Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance music. Oh, I thought for a second you were going to say they got Nicole Kidman high and made her argue with her uh, <laughs> her beard of a husband on the set of uh, Stanley Kubrick's No, no, uh, next this, to the last movie. This is not eyes wide shut. This is ears wide shut uh, because uh, yes, they they changed yes. Nakamura's music. Hey, everyone, everyone really enjoys that music. Let's change it. Hey, hey, Bobby Roode, we're changing your entrance music. Hey, Elias, we're going to take away that guitar. Uh, I don't know why you would take something away that works. I understand they want to make him more of a heel. I get that. And they don't like that fans sing along with you know Nakamura's music. But the thing is, you don't get to tell wrestling fans who the good guy or bad guy is anymore. They, they shouldn't be oh. upset if people cheer for Nakamura. People still cheer for Brock Lesnar. You don't go change his fucking music or change something about him. He's a perpetual heel, uh, but you don't go well, fuck around I with him. They don't change anything about Brock Lesnar, and at this point, there's a lot they need to change about Brock Lesnar. <laughs> like his uh, employment status? Um, so, Nakamura... Yeah, by the way, how would you change Bobby Roode's music? Would you change it to, like, pretty good... <laughs> I'm pretty good, and I'm pretty good, and I am pretty good. Well, maybe the, the lyrics could be a bit more creative, but that that's the gist, yeah. Basically, I, I mean, I, I said it following WrestleMania 34. Uh, I, it's it's character assassination for Nakamura to make them him this super heel and act the way he does now. And now the music's gone, and there was actually a You Suck chant that started during this match, and it was just hurting me to watch it was hurting me um so anyway this actually ends a double count out which is interesting um a lot of matches don't end that way a lot of matches ended this way back in the day back in the golden era um so i'm surprised it ends up this way but i guess they don't want to take away too much of this going into backlash where nakamura will lose again uh whatever so as much as i would i, I should be praising this match and these two competitors I, I hate so much what they've done to Nakamura in the last two weeks that I can't be excited about it at all anymore. The, the music, the music's changed and the music died. This is the day the music died. Well, the Big Bopper may have something to say about that, but uh, 
but I, I hear you. I hear you. I, as soon as I saw, uh, well, I mean, at the very beginning, I, I saw weird, saw somebody tapping their, uh, their bow on their violin. I saw a man wearing an unseasonal <laughs> wool uh, hat uh, step up to a microphone and I said, uh-oh. <laughs> That's not how Shinsuke Nakamura's music starts. No, it's not. No, it's not. Well, okay. Uh, but moving on to the next match, The Undertaker versus Rusev with Aiden English in a casket match. Now, this really was like, I mean, I, I felt like I, I felt like Riff Raff, Magenta, and uh, all of the other Transylvanians. Let's do the time warp again <laughs> to a time and a place where The Undertaker has casket matches. Yeah. He has non-WrestleMania matches. And he has matches with just any old person, not some year-long build-up. Guess what? It's better that way. Yeah, if you would have told Rusev like two months ago, don't worry, you're going to have a casket match with The Undertaker in Saudi Arabia in two months, it'd have been like, huh? Yeah, he'd have been like, child, please. I, I do think originally the plan was for Jericho to fight Taker in the casket match, but that was scrapped. Jericho's still involved with the event itself, but uh, it was changed back to Rusev because it was Rusev versus Undertaker, and then Jericho versus Undertaker, and now and then became Rusev Undertaker again. And it's actually a decent match. I mean, as far as casket matches go, it, it's it's just it's as good as any other casket match he's ever had. I completely agree, and that that's my that's that's sort of my point is. Undertaker either needs to go away completely or he needs to be around enough that he has matches that are actually interesting and worth a damn. Right. Because coming out once a year at WrestleMania, I mean, when you're there live in person and you see The Undertaker do anything, it's awesome. I don't care how old he is. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long (laughs) it's been since he last wrestled. It's awesome. But if you're not there live and you're just thinking about it and you only see him wrestle once a year and it's in a match that's hyped up way too much and it will not live up to the hype, that's very disappointing. That part makes me want to say, please, please, Mark, please take her. Please go gently into that good night. Do not come back on my television screen. But... If he is going to be around, it needs to be like this. Have a match with just somebody. Not that Rusev is just somebody, because I really like Rusev. And the guy has a major, major, major upside. But right now, he is kind of just somebody. He's just he's just a random heavyweight to fight The Undertaker. Exactly, which is what The Undertaker should be about. Like Kamala, or, you know, just any random threat that, you know... Steps up to the Undertaker. No, I, I I get you. So you're saying that Taker is better to watch in person than than uh, on your television screens. So I think what you're trying to say is Taker should only work house shows from here on out. <laughs> he should only work. He should only work Starcades from here on out. Is what you're trying to say? Oh my God, yes, he should only <laughs> work Starcades. 
So I guess we both enjoy the match. Uh, the Undertaker does win. Why would you have the Rusev just beat the Undertaker randomly? Um, so moving on, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, a rematch from WrestleMania 34. Now their first match together wasn't pretty. Uh, it was basically a squash. Reigns got his ass kicked by uh, Lesnar. This one's a bit more of a match match and goes longer than you think it would. Uh, this one, though, is for the Universal title, and it is in a steel cage, Darren. Steel cage. Right. Uh, this is a good match. Why didn't we get this match at WrestleMania? <laughs> no one knows. Regardless of the regardless of the existence of greatest Royal Rumble or not, why didn't we get this match at WrestleMania? Have a cage match at WrestleMania and make it this match. This is a pretty good match. It was really fun to see like both of these guys climbing the cage. Um, you know, and leading up to this match, Heyman wanted to make the cage all about being like, like he wanted the cage to represent the octagon. Well, it's not that because <laughs> sure it contains the, uh, the combatants, but in no other way uh, is it similar because nothing that's going to go on inside that cage is similar. Uh, so I didn't really like that. I, I knew what Heyman was getting at, but I didn't like it. What I did like was that it felt like an old school cage match. Both of these guys actually looked like they were trying to escape the cage. This felt like, again, some random Coliseum video that you rent on a Friday night or some replay of a match that you catch on a Saturday morning where you're like, what, huh? Ultimate Warrior and Owen Hart? Right. Cage match in Terre Haute, Indiana? Like... <laughs> You know, that's what this felt like. And it felt like a wrestling match. And I liked it. I really did. So it ends with Reigns, of course, spearing Lesnar out of the cage, uh, which by default, I guess, Lesnar hits the ground first or leaves the cage first. So he technically wins the match. Um, kind of a, I don't know how I feel about that ending. I mean, I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> let's be honest. When it comes to, to Lesnar and Reigns, I don't really care. Well, what do you think, Darren? Well, hashtag if wrestling were real, of course the rule is that whoever's feet hit the floor first win. Well, Roman Reigns' feet hit the floor first because Roman Reigns is already on the floor on his back while Brock is still on the cage. Right. Well, which they kind of address on Raw or like they make a referee use his Twitter profile to go on and say that he made a bad call. So they're blaming the referee for making a bad call, which is just like, what are you doing? Stop it! Oh, I mean, I know, and they have an and they have an explanation for everything. And I was all I was doing was playing devil's advocate there because I'm like you, I really don't care. Right. Uh, at this point, I'm tired of Lesnar and Reigns. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I will say, color me surprised. I can't believe. That Lesnar keeps winning these matches, however. Yeah, that is very and surprising as well. I am almost starting to believe we'll see them go in a different direction here. That, yeah, unfortunately, we have Roman in four consecutive WrestleMania main events, but maybe that fourth one was the straw that broke the camel's back. And we're going to see uh, a changing of the guard here. 
I can only hope that's what it means. <laughs> well, beyond that, the main event of Greatest Royal Rumble is the Greatest Royal Rumble itself. Not just 30 men, folks. This one's 50. 50 competitors involved in this match. And uh, it goes for quite a while. It is entertaining throughout, though. I will definitely say that. But we do have the full list of the combatants involved in the match, starting with Daniel Bryan at number one. Number two is Dolph Ziggler. Three, Sin Cara. Four, Curtis Axel. Five, Mark Henry. Six, Mike Kanellis. Seven, Hiroki Sumi. Number eight, Victor of Ascension. Nine, Kofi Kingston. Ten, Tony Nese. 11, Dash Wilder, 12, Hornswoggle, yes, <laughs> 13, everybody's favorite wrestler, Primo Colon, number 14, Xavier Woods, 15, Bo Dallas, 16, Kurt Angle, 17, Scott Dawson, 18, Goldust, 19, Connor of the Ascension, and 20, Elias. 21, Luke Gallows. 22, Rhino. 23, Drew Gulak. 24, Tucker Knight of Heavy Machinery of NXT. 25, Bobby Roode. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. And he's pretty good. <laughs> that should be his music. Uh, 26, Fandango. 27, Chad Gable. 28, Rey Mysterio making a comeback. 29, Mojo Raleigh. 30, Tyler Breeze. 31, Big E. 32, Carl Anderson. 33, Apollo Crews. 34, Roderick Strong. 35, Randy Orton. 36, Heath Slater. 37, Baba Tunde yeah. of NXT. 38, Baron Corbin. 39, with a bullet directly <laughs> under the ring, Titus O'Neill. And number 40, Dan Matha. 41, Braun Strowman. 42, and not number 10, Ty Dillinger. Boo. 43, Kurt Hawkins. 44, Bobby Lashley. 45, The Great Kali. 46, Kevin Owens. 47, Shane McMahon. 48, Shelton Benjamin. 49, Big Cass, and number 50, Chris Jericho, making his WWE return. Uh, you know, you remember how I you remember how I really, really put over the women uh, in January uh, of the first ever Women's Royal Rumble? Yeah. And I said, it's because the first ever Women's Royal Rumble had really the cream of the crop. It had the best grouping of women ever. It had a lot of color. A lot of pizzazz, a lot of character, a lot of talent, a lot of oomph. Yeah. Uh, and that it would greatly outshine the men's rumble. And it did, other than the finish that saw Nakamura win. As a rumble, as a whole rumble, the women uh, provided much more of a spectacle, regardless of the fact that it was the first one. Well, that's kind of how I feel about this 50-man rumble here. This is the rumble that I want to see every year. It doesn't have to be 50 people to be special. It just needs to be stacked. Right. And it needs to be uh, powerful and, and impactful and, and with, with, uh, with deliberate direction. Uh, because if you look at January's Rumble, other than Nakamura's victory, there's not a whole lot else that, that matters. 
that Nakamura victory was huge and important and surprising uh, and, and, and very exciting. The match, though, is just sort of like, yeah, okay, whatever. The best part of the Royal Rumble was the whole reference show's second annual Royal Rumble contest. <laughs> well, that's the best part of any Royal Rumble, Darren. Uh, no, there needs to be the, the randoms, the oddballs, the surprises. The men's was lacking. So this made up for it, man. There's 50 men's involved in this one, whatever whatever great Kali is. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and for that matter, whatever Hornswoggle is. Oh, wow. And for that matter, for that matter, whatever Primo Cologne is, because not only was that the most silent the crowd was the whole night, he, <laughs> he looked awful. He looked awful. He performed poorly. Wow. Like, Primo, pack it up, dude. Pack it up. Pack it in. Let me begin. <laughs> and I'll begin by saying Mike Canellis was humiliated. Of course. With his with his instant elimination, humiliated. Right. Uh, like Hiroki Sumi, uh, sumo wrestler, jumping in this match for some odd reason and getting thrown out immediately to make you wonder why he's even involved in the match at, at all. Um, or, or wonder who the hell he is. <laughs> there was some of that. It's pretty cool, though. There's some cruiserweights involved in the uh, the Rumble. They were lacking in the uh, the normal Rumble, I will say. Um, a lot of tag teams involved in here, but rarely do any of the tag teams actually in long enough to group up and say, hey, we're a tag team together. I thought for sure we'd get the entire New Day, which doesn't quite happen. We get Kofi and we get Xavier. We never get Biggie with the other two. No, it was. I thought it was funny, though, that with Kofi and Xavier, you did get that spot with Tony Nese. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, that works. I thought that was a pretty clever spot. Uh uh, Tony Nice, Tony Nice with the spotlight. Uh, hey man, you gotta take advantage of your opportunities, and I think Tony Nice really did. I agree with that. Well, I mean, the biggest spot of the night <laughs> would have to go to Titus O'Neil, uh, the poor man who came down to the ring and uh, just kind of lost his footing, lost his balance, but he uh, took a nosedive and landed almost entirely, completely under the ring uh, with his momentum. Um, only as only as like feet sticking out from underneath the apron, and I gotta say, it's a good thing it wasn't the LED uh, board. Oh my god! <laughs> because Titus would be uh, critically injured, I'm afraid. Um, so good, good that he wasn't hurt. Bad that he was horribly embarrassed. Of course, they couldn't just let it go. They had to keep playing the replay throughout the entire night. Um, if you if you watch the if you watch it as it happens before the replays start. It actually cuts to inside the ring. You never actually see Titus fall, but you hear Corey Graves and Michael Cole start laughing about it. And then you hear Byron Saxton very quietly going, all right, guys, okay, okay, guys, like, move on. Like, trying to go past it um, to no avail because they, they talk so much about it and laugh so much about it, it becomes the the, the most replayed event in all wrestling history. <laughs> and now poor Titus O'Neil has to live with it forever. I mean, it's it's kind of a good thing because I guess it gives Titus more attention, but I feel like this is somewhat negative attention. But of course, now he's got a gimmick where he's clumsy and he slips and falls, and it's like you're already killing the joke. It's ridiculous. You can't make a T-shirt out of this, can you? Uh, I know, God. The Daniel Bryan story uh, is a major thread here. He goes in at number one. He's in for almost the entire match. Uh, 
his body is beaten and bruised in a, in a just horrific way. Yeah. Uh, uh, which provides good visuals. You know, there's a lot of good visuals in this match. Uh, Tucker Knight eliminating Drew Gulak. That's an excellent visual. Roderick Strong. Like the you know the Messiah of the backbreaker. Well, that means backbreakers for everybody, <laughs> right? And uh, Roderick Strong looked amazing. He looked. I mean, what a push right in the middle of this match for Roddy. Yeah, man. Baba Tunde, you know he looked he looked sharp. This is a really is a great showing for the NXT guys, pretty much across the board. Right. Uh, but Baba Tunde and Dan Matha, NXT giants get eliminated by the, the main giant of the day, which is Braun Strowman. That, that's a pretty cool moment because you get to see, all right, here's Strowman. He, he's on that, uh, on that next level tip. Right. And um, we did not do a head-to-head. Head-to-head. For Greatest Royal Rumble. But had we, had we done one, he would have been my pick going into this Greatest Royal Rumble, just so you know. So I'm going to go ahead and take the victory here. I win. I win, Darren, so... No, uh, okay, well, that's going to be contested. But, uh, <laughs> how about Apollo Crews getting his last name back? Hey, so, I noticed that also. Yeah, man. Uh, good for you. Hey, Apollo, you did it. You did it. You did it indeed. Uh, Chris Jericho, of course, coming out at the very end was very cool. He had, had a little humorous segment before the Greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, it's good to see Chris Jericho back doing his thing. And uh, in the final three, it comes down to Big Cass, Daniel Bryan, and Strowman. Big Cass and Braun Strowman fighting each other makes me very happy. Again, <laughs> Two big men. Visuals, visuals are everything in wrestling, and this was, was great. Yeah, Big Cass throws out Daniel Bryan, obviously adding fuel to that fire of... Uh, Cass and Brian fighting each other at uh, Backlash. And the heel Cass is good. It's pretty good. I mean, it's it's still relatively new, but so far, so good. I'm, I'm very surprised uh, Drew McIntyre wasn't involved in this match, by the way. Speaking of big men to put into this match, uh, you couldn't you could have thrown Dan Math out pretty quick and thrown in Drew McIntyre. Just saying. Anyway, uh, so Strowman does eliminate Big Cass, and Strowman wins the big trophy, and he is the winner of greatest... Royal Rumble. He even gets a title belt. Apparently, this Royal Rumble is so great, you get a title belt. The whole award ceremony is weird. You got Braun Strowman in there. You got Vince McMahon and whoever the Saudi is. I, you know, with all due respect. And they don't really say, yeah. They don't, though, but he's there. He's cheesing. And, uh, you know, Vince looks very uncomfortable. Vince looks like, please do everything right. Please <laughs> do everything right. Braun looks out of place. I don't understand how we're supposed to feel about Braun Strowman now. Is he a heel? Is he a face? You know, he, he's tagging with a 10-year-old and smiles. And now he's doing a six-man tag with Roman Reigns. And it's like, what the hell? Why are you with Roman Reigns? You you tried to kill him. You tried to kill him several times. Yeah, they, yeah. they haven't really they haven't really figured that out. They just kind of went, okay, and now your face. And well, it's like, you know what they got to do. Uh, I, the way you figure it out is, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Oh, I'm telling you, Braun Strowman is your next Hulk Hogan. Period. The end. You can do it. 
if you'll pull the trigger. <laughs> Turn that baby face, trim that beard up some, put him, get him out of the, get him out of the gear where he still looks like he's in the Wyatt family. Put him in something that looks a little more polished. Like I said, trim that beard a little bit. Make him stop screaming like a monster, but scream like in that dude, brother, dude kind of way. And next thing you know, you've got lightning in a bottle twice. Strowman could be that person they've been unable to create. They don't even have to create him. He's right there. But anyway. Calm down. Calm down. We'll figure out what's going on with uh, Strowman. And as we said before, uh, it, it was it was a, a decent evening, or I guess day, because it was a bit earlier in the day. Um, it was a decent evening. It was a decent evening. I, I sipped tea while watching Greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, so no, it, it's a pretty good show. If you haven't checked it out, it's it's worth a watch if you have five hours that you're not you don't really hey, want. Hey, <laughs> right. Anything less would be uncivilized. This is true. Very true. Um, and of course, following Greatest Royal Rumble, there was some backlash uh, in the Saudi Arabia community. But there's also some backlash in WWE for this is the season for Backlash. The co-branded PPV slash network exclusive. Darren and I, we're going to discuss it in a little segment we like to call Head to Head. Head to Head. This Sunday, May 6th at Newark, New Jersey and the Prudential Center, WWE brings you Backlash. Backlash involving both Raw and SmackDown Live superstars on a grand day, May 6th. Why is May 6th such a grand day, Darren Beasley? Um, because it's five days after May Day. Could be, could be, but also... It's my birthday! Hey! Oh, that's right! That's right! Happy birthday to you! Yep. Happy birthday to you! Yep. Happy birthday, dear Perry! Happy birthday to you Thank on you. Sunday! Thank you. Well, I'll, I'll go back and re-listen to this on Sunday so I can get that love on the accurate day. Um, so yeah, May 6th, uh, it's nice of WWE to throw this whole backlash party in honor of my birthday. Uh, yeah, they actually brought, they're bringing in both brands. They are. They're bringing back the co-branded pay-per-views just for you. And the main event is my favorite match, or what should have been my favorite match, uh, Nakamura and Styles, uh, for the third time. The third time, Darren. And I... Third time's the charm, you know, that's what they say. <laughs> that's what they say. So, uh, as, as we mentioned, it is a co-branded pay-per-view, um, so it involves stars from all brands. So we get some pretty decent matchups here. A lot of title belts being defended, basically everything, uh, except for uh, no, no, no cruiserweights on this show. Not that I've seen from the card. Of course, uh, no, they're not defending the fruit roll-up belt either because oh, they, left yes. the, they left it on Brock Lesnar for some reason. Yeah, Lesnar's still holding that title, which means we actually will get the main, main event of AJ Styles versus Nakamura for that world title. Or they'll make Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass the main event, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, much like uh, Q-Tip being uh, not the rapper... The uh, the device, the um, apparatus, mm-hmm. uh, if you. Uh, 
much like that takes the place uh, of a, what are the, what is it called a cotton swab cotton swab band-aid instead of adhesive, adhesive strip bandage or adhesive strip you know I will always call it fruit roll-up and that's not out of brand loyalty that's not out of habit that's out of necessity because fruit skin or fruit leather which are the alternative names for a fruit roll-up both of those are disgusting sounding. Fruit, First of all, fruit leather. What? Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to eat fruit leather. I don't want to eat fruit skin. A, a room full of marketing executives uh, all agreed that fruit leather sounded appealing. It sounded like something children would want to eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate. I mean, if you if you had it in my face and there were no label, I'd be like, oh, fruit roll up, and I would just eat it. But if it said fruit leather, I'd be like, oh, God, gross. And then I had to eat it, of course, because I have a problem. But <laughs> well, then you would be like, you know, you'd have to respond to the pirate who was offering it to you. Like, hey, kid, you want some fruit leather? <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if that was a pirate or maybe that was a... I think it was Robert Loja. <laughs> What's that? I think it was Robert Loja who's offering you <laughs> fruit leather. <laughs> It was right. It might have been Robert Loja, or maybe a member of the 1932 New York Yankees. <laughs> that's so. That's so specific. Uh, so backlash. Uh, quite a few matches on this card. Uh, eight by my count. So let's get started in no particular order. We got some tag team action here, uh, not for any kind of belts, but a former tag team champion is involved. But of course, I, I'm talking about Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. Oh, I thought maybe you meant Nicholas. No, no, not young Nicholas. Young Nicholas had to go back to school, we are told. Uh, <laughs> Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley involved in a tag match against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Man, I can't get enough of these Kevin Owens-Sami Zayn tag matches. Oh, yes, I can. Uh, I'm pretty fed up with them. Um, and they're... Is, is this one is this one special? Any kind of stipulation here? Any, any kind of stip, Darren? Where if, uh, if, if they win, then they become the new GMs of uh, of SmackDown Live or Raw or something stupid? I don't know. I, you know what? I think this one is actually stipulation free. I think that they they actually have jobs. Oh, I'm doing air, I'm doing air quotes here. They actually are employed. Stephanie McMahon overruled. Kurt Angle's decision not to hire Zane and Owens, uh, and now they are members of the Raw roster because um, Shane McMahon sent them packing, and I guess Paige, who was now the SmackDown GM, had no desire to bring them back. Kurt Angle didn't want them. In fact, he told them TNA was hiring. Yeah, I that recall that. And a nice little that, TNA dig there. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I, I actually... That might have been the highlight of uh, the year so far in WWE. Um, <laughs> just that's kind of sad, but uh, yeah, I don't think there's a step here. I, but I am actually, I'm kind of excited about this match. I think mostly because there are no belts and there are no stipulations, and it's just weird. Like I, this is the kind of thing I like to see. Uh, I, God, it's probably been 50 episodes ago where I mentioned that fascination that I had with tag teams like uh, uh, like Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels or like Steve Austin and Dude Love 
stuff like that. Um, way back before that happened all the time, where it was just, where okay, Booker T and Goldust. Okay, here's, you know, these guys. You know, before all that, back when it was rare for them to have two singles superstars put together, when they did that back then, I loved it. And that's kind of the way I feel about this Strowman and Bobby Lashley together and the fact that they're taking on Zayn and Owens because I feel you. I feel you if you're tired or you're just tired of it. I get it. But I like them a lot together. And I think that against Strowman and Lashley, we're, we're, getting, we're getting something a little different. Here's well. Here's the issue that I have with this match specifically. Besides the fact that I'm tired of Owens and Zayn, you know, in, in tag team competition, um, Strowman is a guy who can apparently beat up seven guys at once. Uh, does he need a tag partner to defeat uh, Owens and Zayn? No. Now you have Bobby Lashley, who is also a a, a brick house, who is you know more or less a a Lesnar in, in his own right. Uh, he might even be the one that dethrones Lesnar. It's it's possible at this point. So why would you have these two huge guys taking on Zayn and Owens unless it's just to, to punish Zayn and Owens? In which case, you know, are we going to have Owens and Zayn have issues with the the brass? Like, is that storyline going to perpetuate here on Raw? It kind of already is with Angle going like, I don't like you guys very much. So you know what? Tonight you're fighting you're fighting seven Braun Strowmans. Um, <laughs> So they're each they're each a slightly different color. Yeah, like exactly. like, uh, like a bobo and double dragon. Or, or yeah, or like yeah, or or default skins for like fighters and like Street Fighter. How like there's like a, a yellow Blanca or like. Uh. <laughs> I I would always it was always my curse in fighting games to hit the wrong button to select my fighter, so I wouldn't get the normal version. I'd always get the shitty, weird like. Oh, it's the purple Mega Man version or something like that. So, uh, uh, boo. And yeah, it's it's bad. Anyway, uh, so no sip here. Owens and Zayn definitely have jobs with the company. And speaking of jobs, they're going to do one to Lashley and Strowman, correct? They are. I, I, that's a pretty safe pick. I think the only way we don't see that is if Strowman or Lashley turn on the other one. Right. This I, could set up a I feud. Could, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's possible. It could be as simple as a uh, as a simple disagreement. Um, I don't think we'll see any big like ideological shift. We're not going to see some big time heel turn out of one of them. But it may be, oh, we don't know how to, you know, we're not a tag team. We don't know how to get along. Right. And that kind of thing could cost them the match. But if this is just a straight up match, then it's going to be a massacre. Well, not only is Strowman involved, but also it's Lashley's first big match. So do you make him lose immediately? And that's an issue we're going to have coming up with this next match right here. Daniel Bryan taking on Big Cass. That's a hard one to call because Big Cass is fresh out of, you know, being on the shelf for such a very long time. Now he's this, I mean, he was a heel before he left, but now he's a heel, healing it up against Daniel Bryan, who himself was gone for a very long time because of injury. We all know that story. We're not going to go into that. So do you put Cass over or do you put Brian over? I feel like if Brian loses, he doesn't really lose a lot, you know? He can just be just overwhelmed by this giant foe, whereas if Big Cass loses to, quote-unquote, a little guy, it's going to hurt Big Cass quite a bit. What do you think? 
I think if I'm booking, Daniel Bryan goes over because you can build up. Because Cass being the heel, the, the heel is supposed to get mud in his eye. You know, so that's the way I would book it. But I think they're going to book it a little more safely, sort of along the lines of what you're saying. And Daniel Bryan, I mean, damn, he, he's barely come back. And he's walking on sunshine ever since he has come back. <laughs> Can't say that. I've been thinking of that fucking obnoxious song. <laughs> <laughs> he's walking on sunshine. <laughs> That's what it's in. You should change his entrance music to Walking on Sunshine. <laughs> That's but what he after needs. After his performance in Greatest Royal Rumble, I mean, I think he's sort of, well, I think he's sort of walking on sunshine, yeah. to be honest. Mm. And uh, I think he could uh, he could survive a loss here. This has to be a more than one match program, right? And if it's a more than one match program... It's okay for Brian to lose. It's not okay for the heel, who's sort of the the whole impetus behind this whole thing. If he loses, then it's like, well, vanquished my foe. Bring, you know, bring it on. Right, you exactly. Next, Well, for for that reason, um, to to perpetuate the feud between the two, and because neither guy is in a position to actually lose at this point. I'm going to go with there will be no winner. I'm going to go with uh, double disqualification. Wow. Uh, something that, that I, I never think about being an option, but it totally is. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with that. I mean, the only other way is, is Big Cass wins by disqualification. Um, but I, I don't think there's going to be a clear winner. I'm, I'm going to go with no winner. You're going with double DQ. I'm going to go with double DQ. Okay. Uh, which is an option I have never taken in the over a year that we've been doing this show. <laughs> yeah, I haven't either, but uh, Double Dairy Queen. Double Dairy Queen. Uh, hot Eats uh, and Cool Treats. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go with Cass. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that Cass wins. Now, is a disqualification involved? Is there some sort of shenanigans? But I, I don't know. But I think Cass gets his arm raised. Okay. All right, that takes us to the next match. Roman Reigns taking on Samoa Joe. No, Again, no titles. This is just a grudge match. Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe never forgot what he owed Roman Reigns. Um, Samoa Joe's doing some really great uh, promo work against Roman Reigns. It's easy to do promos on Roman Reigns because everyone's with you. And now that Samoa right. Joe, Samoa Joe is publicly pointing out all of Roman Reigns' shortcomings when it comes to beating Brock Lesnar and, and becoming champion, which... And Samoa Joe is so good on the microphone, and I think people forget that. Um, so it's 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 just fun to watch Samoa Joe talk shit on Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns kind of just take it. Just kind of like, all right, all right. Now I know that sometimes, you know. Um, so, <laughs> but but who, uh, who comes out uh, in this one? That's kind of odd to me. I think Samoa Joe, either way, might be, uh, might be heading towards uh, the WWE the world title, the SmackDown title land after this match because he's no longer on Raw. He's on SmackDown Live now. Well, um, thank, and I guess there. I guess thank goodness for the uh, co-branding of this network special because you got Roman on Raw and Joe on SmackDown. They're fighting each other, so it's already an interbrand match. 
I'm going to say Joe wins because at this point, two things. One, people are not going to like or dislike Roman Reigns any more or any less based on a win or a loss, especially if it doesn't involve a title. Meanwhile, Joe is not only coming back from an injury and he lost in his one outing since his return, but how are you going to do that to Joe? You're going to you're going to pack him up, send him over to SmackDown, send him out with a loss and then try and make people care about him on Tuesday nights? No. You got to do it. You got to you got to light the fuse with a victory here and then let him explode. Onto the blue brand. I I agree with that. I'm going to go with you on that and and give it to Samoa Joe. The only thing is they might be afraid of Samoa Joe at this point because it seems like any time they push him, he gets hurt. That's true. (laughs) Very true. That's happened a couple times with Joe already in the short time that he's even been in the WWE. So you know the thing is, and it's the same situation with Bobby Roode and Eric Young. And even AJ Styles, uh, these are not spring chickens. These are not a bunch of NXT call-ups. These guys are like decade, decade and a half, going on 20-year veterans, some of them. You know, they spent the better part of the 21st century uh, in Nashville and in Orlando working for Dixie and Double J. And now... They're in the spotlight, and people expect them to, you know, be flying around like Chad Gable or something. And eh, AJ can do it, but I don't know about the rest of them. Not do it and stay healthy, right? So, you know, I understand your fear, and if it's their fear too with Samoa Joe, then again, that's unfortunate. But I get it; it's understandable. Oh, I definitely think Joe wins, though. Yeah. I'm with you on that whole thing. That takes us to uh, a title match. SmackDown Live Women's Champion Carmella taking on Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair, of course, lost the title after clinging on to it and defeating Asuka and breaking her winning streak uh, only to defeat Asuka. And uh, to that, I'm not happy with. Um, Charlotte, of course, uh, losing the belt to Carmella because Carmella cashed in the money in the bank. After uh, Charlotte was beaten up by uh, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, the Iconics. Yeah. So the thing is here, this is an actual straight-up wrestling match. <laughs> so what's going to happen here? Well, I think that the Iconics, which I think that's a badass name. Like I like the name, too. I, I, I like the Riot Squad as I like the Riot Squad. I don't understand the name Absolution. Uh, but I'm all over this Iconics name. Like, I, I like the idea of them being the Iconic duo, which they were in NXT, but the Iconics, it really pops. Like, it really goes well. Other than it's WWE and Riot Squad has two Ts, I don't understand Iconics having two eyes at the beginning. Is it, is it for copyright purposes? Is it two eyes because it's supposed to be two? Like, there's two of them. I don't know, but it's just weird to see the the Iconics. <laughs> but I like it, and I like both those girls, like, a lot. Like, I have been all about those two Australian girls for quite some time. Uh, Billy Kay, we just, we rarely get to see her wrestle, period. Um, 
Peyton Royce had done most of the wrestling for them, but they are great together. I want them to stay together for a very long time. And I think it's kind of cool if they're going to like do Carmella's dirty work. And I think that in Newark, we're going to see them doing more dirty work. I think they're going to be heavily involved in Carmella retaining the belt. And I think Carmella does hang on to it. Well, they're a fool to do Carmella's dirty work. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Steely Dan fans out there get that one. Um, yeah, I like the Iconics name a lot. I like them a lot. It makes me feel sad that it's not a women's tag uh, title. Where you have like these great like uh, these great teams of women, uh, Absolution. Uh, we've never liked that name. We've talked about this in the show before. It does sound like a like an infomercial for like some sort of uh, gym equipment you can purchase for the home. Uh, Absolution. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, not a fan of that one. Anyway, uh, I I do think that Carmella wins. Uh, not cleanly, of course, because she better not. She's she's a chicken shit heel. So there's no way she beats Charlotte Flair fairly, but she does retain that title. So now that might, that might result in Charlotte Flair winning by disqualification, but of course the belt cannot change hands on disqualification. But regardless, Carmella will leave with that title because if Charlotte Flair gets it back immediately, then I will actually be furious that Oscar didn't just win the belt to begin with. That's just that. That's me. No, I'm with you a hundred percent. But now Asuka and Charlotte are friends, apparently. And, uh, I mean, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't quite understand all of these heel-slash-face turns that just kind of like, oh, no, now now Asuka's, Asuka's nice. Oh, no, no, now Braun Strowman's nice. Uh, like, <laughs> like you, you give me any reasons for any of this. Yeah, there are no reasons. Yeah. There are no, there are no turns. There's just... Tune in this week to see whether they're happy or angry. <laughs> Basically, yeah. At least with Asuka, it was kind of like, I mean, Asuka's just Asuka. She can do whatever she wants. She can be happy or angry, at least. And more women's action coming up after that. Another women's title, the Raw women's title, uh, being held by Nia Jax, taking on Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss wants her title belt back. And Nia Jax, you are a boring champion. Yes! And, and, wow. and, yes. it's not your fault, because all they talk about is Ronda Rousey anymore, and it makes you think that Ronda Rousey is just the perpetual women's champion of WWE. So Nia Jax isn't actually getting much fanfare at all. Uh, not a lot of attention her way. She just And, and also, th- there, there you go, there you go. She's nice now. I, I guess because Alexa Bliss said mean things about her. Now she's the victim, but I do like that Alexa Bliss is coming at it with that moment of bliss thing. We're like, no, no, she's the, Alexa Bliss is the victim. Nia Jax is the bully. I, I like that a lot. But again, that's just Alexa Bliss being great. And I love Alexa Bliss and she's good at what yeah, she does. Yeah, it has nothing to do with Nia Jax. Nia Jax is a prop in her own movie. Like, <laughs> wow. That has wow. become the reality of this push she was a prop when she was the challenger she is a prop as the champion alexa is the star of the nia Jax movie and alexa is the star alexa is the star of that division she's more of a star than ronda rousey do people know alexa bliss's name outside of wwe circles no do they know ronda's name yes but if you give a shit about wrestling Alexa Bliss is the hottest commodity in the women's division in WWE. 
no matter what color brand you're talking about, she's 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 bigger, better, stronger, hotter than Ronda, than Nia, than Charlotte. Uh, I mean, right now it's the Alexa Bliss show. Whether no no matter what angle she's coming from, and uh, I love the moment of bliss. Uh, unfortunately for Nia. The most interesting part of it, even, you know, playing the prop as the challenger, at least as the challenger, you got that one moment. You got that victory where where super heel Alexa gets what's coming to her. That's cool. That was that was a nice moment. That was your your Rocky Balboa moment. You know, good for Naya. But the moment she strapped that belt around her waist, it's like, uh Okay, you know, that that character cannot be good unless it is the heel. Right. It's you, you don't you don't take this vicious monster. Exactly. You don't take this big monster and, and make her. Oh, she's nice now. Oh, but she she was bullied. You know, so like she's she's got a heart or whatever like that. I mean, she's a monster. Like, let her be a monster. Let her be a heel. I'd much rather see Monster Nia Jax than, oh, you know what? I'm me, and that's okay, Nia Jax. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, no, I'm exactly. all for the message. I'm all for the message. But this is fucking professional wrestling. You know, you're a big person. You have to use that. That's like Bam Bam oh, Bigelow. I mean, Bam Bam Bigelow going, oh, my whole life, you know what? People said I was big, and I, I was last when I was being picked for dodgeball. Uh, but you know what? I came out, and now I'm a champion. Like, that never, that wouldn't work. He's the fucking beast from the East, Bam Bam Bigelow. He was never, oh, I'm nice Bigelow. Whoa, whoa. Nice guy, Bigelow. Nice guy, Bigelow. <laughs> nice guy, Bigelow. Um, so yeah, he's the sweetest from the eastest. <laughs> so yeah, this is. I mean, again, I'm I'm all for the positive, you know, body images and and you know, and bullying is is a shitty thing. But in the professional wrestling world, it you you took away Nia Jax's bet, biggest commodity by by not letting her be a monster, and she could just be a monster. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm often, I was never on the Nia Jax train to begin with, let's be honest here, but I'm definitely not going to get aboard it anytime soon with the way things are looking, but I do well, think, no, but no, I do think it's I just, the, the, it, it ha, again, it's, it's gotta be a monster. She has to be a monster. Nobody wants this, this weeping giant. Nobody wants this like put upon Snackwell's cookie commercial uh, <laughs> who, who is hiding uh, her her fat shame from the world? <laughs> Snackwell's commercial, and, and that's the thing is it's it's what what you what you said just now sounds very severe, and it sounds like it's a, it's a weight joke, and it isn't. It's more of like the. The, the the sappy like like I just said like it's I me and that's okay and I like to indulge every now and again uh, but <laughs> no, no the reality is it is yeah right no but no that's right not right what a monster says <laughs> right right N- Nia Jax is being treated like a character in a, in a kids movie you know what I mean where like right. And and this isn't a kids movie. This is professional wrestling. So yeah, again, we're 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 talking in circles in this one. I I think everyone gets the idea. 
how we feel about the Nia Jax situation, but I think it's foolish to already take the title belt away from her, right? I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's going to win the match. If, if she lost the belt and Alexa got it back, no one would care about Nia getting it back from Alexa again. So, yeah, don't take it away from Nia. Keep the belt on her as much as, I mean, again, for, for story's sake, because I think only Darren and I really care about that. WWE certainly doesn't care about that. Um, so, yeah. No, nope, they just care about checks from Saudi princes. Right. Just have Nia Jax just destroy Alexa Bliss. Like, just, like, tear her head off and just be mean again. And then eventually Ronda Rousey beats Nia Jax for the title belt. Like, beat Alexa Bliss so badly Alexa's off TV for, like, a month. You know what I mean? And that, again, again, and I love Alexa Bliss and I want to see her every single Raw, but storyline-wise, you know, do that. You need to make Nia the monster again. So, anyway, moving on. Moving on. Jeff Hardy defending his U.S. title belt against Randy Orton in a, in a who-gives-a-shit match. <laughs> Wow. Uh, tell us how you really feel. It's, Take it's, a page out of your book. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Randy Orton. Um, I, I sometimes refer to him as Blandy Orton. Some of our listeners remember that joke. Uh, Jeff Hardy, he's he's fine. I don't like that he's... I don't know. I, 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 kind of, I don't know. I'm kind of over old Jeff Hardy. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Like... Oh, I, yeah, it makes perfect sense. The Jeff Hardy having nothing to do with Matt Hardy is kind of like, ah, so he's just going to be that Jeff Hardy from here on out? Okay. Um, also, the U.S. title belt is such a hot potato, and if you look back at the last five champions, it's all a lot of asterisks, a lot of asterisks, because uh, it's a lot of weird circumstances that went on, so to me that belt's kind of cursed. <laughs> so when we need to get a, a decent U.S. title program going on, also Jeff Hardy being a, a, a singles champion is kind of weird, right? Kind of weird. I, I've I've always found that weird. Whenever Jeff Hardy or Matt Hardy are like world champion or IC champion, it's like that tag team competitor is a uh, one of the right. killer B. One of the killer bees is the Intercontinental <laughs> Champion. Like that. That's what that's what it is to me. I no, I understand that. Um... Jeff has had actually incredible runs as a singles competitor. The the belts that he has stacked up at this point is ridiculous. Um, I've seen all sorts of uh, little graphics that folks make on Instagram that show all the title belts that Jeff Hardy has has won and that he has amassed both in WWE and in TNA, and it's it's really remarkable so he especially jeff is an accomplished singles competitor and yet you never get used to it not being the hardy boys right even if it's broken matt or woken matt you still expect at least brother nero to be there so to see them on separate brands and now woken matt is with bray wyatt and Jeff, really, Jeff is like, hi, I am the year 2000 Jeff Hardy. Exactly, yeah. And like, like, but, but do you put the belt, you do not put the belt back on Randy Orton because I do not like Randy Orton. I never <laughs> have and I never will. I mean, flashback to 2006 when all I ever said about him was, tribal tattoos and air force haircuts and like you know now he has 
Well, I don't know. Is, did he shave his head again, or is he sporting the like grown out look? I think he shaved his head again. Well, good. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, not going to make me like him anymore. But uh, I, despite how much I dislike him, it's the reality is the U.S. title is beneath him. It doesn't make sense for him to to walk around with that belt. It's a, he actually he he's. He would seem more important with no belt than with the U.S. belt. Putting the U.S. belt on him is like publicly demoting him. No, I, I totally agree with that. I think the problem with Randy Orton is he's never changed. He's never evolved, which is funny because he was in a group called Evolution. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's always been the same thing forever. Um, and Jeff Hardy kind of has that, that thing going on. In the eyes of WWE, where he is just this the the Jeff Hart the the Jeff Hardy of the Ed Hardy boys, um, <laughs> as I have said before. Uh, so maybe they should they should do to Jeff Hardy what they do to some people and just take out the last name and just call him Jeff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That would be the worst. <laughs> Oh boy. So I, I think uh, in this conversation we're basically getting at the fact that Jeff Hardy's going to retain the US championship belt. He hasn't he's had it for what, two weeks? He hasn't had it for like any time at all. Yeah, and he I think he makes sense with it. Like Randy Orton does not need that belt a second time. I understand giving it to him the first time because he'd never had it before. And here oh here's a story for Randy Orton. He's never had this belt. Now he has it. Don't give it to him a second time. He doesn't need it at all. He certainly doesn't need it a second time. Jeff, uh, I think he almost needs it. You know, he, he's moving brands. He's coming back from an injury. He's not going to have the boost of Woken Matt by his side. So do you just plop him down into SmackDown with nothing? No, I think you have to drop him into that world with a reason and and the reason is that is that title and you can't strip him of it just yet he can't have it forever but he can't lose it yet so i'm definitely thinking jeff hardy wins this match i'm with you all the way uh next match coming up is for the intercontinental champion the equivalent to the u.s title on raw uh seth rollins the belt he received after beating the miz at wrestlemania uh, fighting the Miz, the Miz gets his uh, rematch here. It's actually technically his second rematch, I should say. You want to include Greatest Royal Rumble, the latter match. Uh, Seth Rollins taking on the Miz, and this will be this will be a good match, I'm sure. Uh, these two are very competent wrestlers. I never want to hear Seth Rollins talk, but uh, he is a very com- <laughs> he is a very competent wrestler. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm honestly I'm very tired of seeing the Miz and Rollins and Finn Balor fight each other. There was a time where there was, you know, build-up for for feuds that, of course, would be resolved on the pay-per-view, but you wouldn't actually see the people fight every single week leading up to the pay-per-view. We got a lot of Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins leading up to uh, WrestleMania, and it was just kind of like, I don't want to see this ever again, and now it's, I'm supposed to really want to see this at WrestleMania, and I don't. Uh, and I've already seen the Rollins fight the Miz enough, kind of over it. I wish they would just have random opponents throughout the weeks and then have their fight at the pay per view. 
But anyway. Yeah, give Mike Canella something to do, please. Please, absolutely. Or Ty Dillinger, for God's sake. Let him out of the broom closet. Uh, so do we think this is the time? This is a big deal for The Miz because if he wins the title belt, he ties Chris Jericho for most uh, IC championship uh, title uh, runs. So is this the time that we tie? Is this the one belt that changes hands the entire night? Or like, how do we feel about this? God, I don't know what I think. And if you, if you, take, if you take the IC belt off of Seth Rollins, which gives Seth Rollins something to do, then you can only have Seth Rollins try to win the Universal title, which they're not going to do. So you don't, right? You don't take this title belt off of Seth Rollins. Well, look at it this way. The Miz is now on SmackDown. Is he going to defeat Seth Rollins and take the Intercontinental title to SmackDown, where the U.S. title definitely is staying? And now you have both of those titles on SmackDown and no mid-level belt on Raw, where you already basically don't have a world title because Brock Lesnar has taken the fruit leather and gone home with it. (laughs) That's a good point. But do you pull a switcheroo? And does that mean Randy Orton goes over on Jeff Hardy and takes the U.S. title to Raw while the IC belt does go to SmackDown? This could be the ultimate switcheroo, Darren. I, isn't that what they did last time? Didn't they do that the last Superstar shakeup? They do this. They do this every six months, Darren. I, I, <laughs> I'm losing track true. here. Okay. Uh, wow. No. Well, no, because I definitely think Jeff Hardy retains. So, for the sake of Seth, for the sake of Seth Rollins, I'm going to say Seth Rollins needs to retain that title belt. I'm going to say Rollins keeps it too. Okay. And then Miz goes into some brand new feud on SmackDown. That's not necessarily centered around a title. There you go. Going with Rollins on this one, which takes us to the main event. It is for the WWE World Title, the SmackDown Live Championship. AJ Styles, a phenomenal one, taking on Shinsuke Nakamura, the artist, the mean artist, whatever they made Shinsuke oh, he's Nakamura. Not an artist anymore? I think they're actually. I mean, now he is the jerk on style. Okay, well that's fine. Um. Yeah, again, man, two weeks. They made me not care about Shinsuke Nakamura. Like that, that's 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 horrible. That's horrible. And I, I hate that like commentators are having to say shit like, uh, "Yeah, Nakamura wanted to change his music because he's tired of all the fans singing along with him because he hates his fans and just saying all this bullshit." And it's like Nakamura didn't say that because Nakamura probably can't say all that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was, ta- I was talking to Shin in the back and. Uh, you know, Shin said, um, I, I, I hate that this is the main event for Backlash. And remember a year ago, right, Darren, the last Backlash, Shinsuke Nakamura had his first WWE match against Dolph Ziggler, which we were not happy with either because it should have been a squash match and Dolph Ziggler all but basically almost beat Shinsuke Nakamura. And people were like, oh, yeah, real impressed by the Shinsuke Nakamura guy. That's that's people who don't know his name trying to say his name, you see. Um, So basically, yeah. The only good... Okay, well, let's let's very quickly put Shinsuke Nakamura's year in WWE into perspective. The only good thing that happened to Shinsuke Nakamura was winning the Royal Rumble, which got him a title match at WrestleMania, which he lost. So has Shinsuke had a good year in WWE? 
Now, just being there doesn't count. That's not good enough. Has he but, been okay, well represented? Enough, removing removing the caveat uh, uh, of just being there it doesn't count, and that's fair. I try to. Be. I say yes. I say yes. The Royal Rumble victory is especially that Royal Rumble because. Yeah, purely a Royal Rumble victory doesn't necessarily mean a good year for you. There have been a lot of wasted Royal Rumble victories. Lord does. Um, I think I think that uh, you know Sheamus was a wasted Royal Rumble victory. Probably one of Cena's was wasted. I know Randy Orton's was wasted. <laughs> right. Last year. But they let Orton win the title belt at WrestleMania, Darren. Okay, they let him win it. For, I know, I, they let I, him win I at thirty-three. You're, I understand. So in that respect, yeah, I guess it's not wasted. But it, it it was a throwaway because it was like really. I mean, that was like Bob Backlund coming back and beating Bret Hart. Right now, Randy Orton. I mean, Randy Orton winning the Rumble was basically just a swerve because everyone thought that Reigns was going to win. And then they knew they they were smart enough to know that should not happen or that could not happen or there'd be a riot. There'd be a riot in Texas that night. But but I think that Nakamura's Royal Rumble victory was was all that it could have been. I think it was it was good. It was big. It was lauded. It was unexpected. Uh, sure, he goes on to lose. His match, and he loses the rematch at Greatest Royal Rumble. I, not a loss. I say not necessarily a loss. Double count out. I will say not a loss. Okay, fair enough. I say he wins this match at Backlash. Oh man. I say this is the one title that changes hands. Wow. Do, do I do I want to put my heart out there, Darren? <laughs> is is but is this a Nakamura that I want to be champion? I, I don't know. Again, all all this needed to if this was going to happen anyway, it all needed to happen at WrestleMania. Is is my big complaint about all of this? Well, that is my complaint about WrestleMania in the past several years. Is that none of the things that should happen at WrestleMania happen at WrestleMania anymore? They play it so safe. And even though even the playing it safe doesn't work out in their favor, right? It just makes everyone disappointed, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna risk people giving up on the product, at least do something ballsy. Don't do something safe that's also kind of dumb and unpopular. Right, um, and we got to remember the fact that this is a no DQ match, which could work in in Shinsuke's favor because he's a heel now. And again, I thought it'd be great if Shinsuke would have won at WrestleMania, and then AJ would have turned heel because AJ is much more interesting when he's a heel. Um, and then eventually AJ dethroning Shinsuke that makes Shinsuke snap, and Shinsuke turns heel, and AJ goes face again. To me, that would have been a much better program. Um, instead of Shinsuke just going like, I did everything right, why didn't I win? And basically becoming a brat, more or less, and they changed my music now. Um, so, again, this is not this is not the victory that I would want. This is not, you know, Shinsuke becoming ch world champion for the first time. Everything is not perfect, 
but I'm going to have to hopefully take this, you know, for what it is. And I'm going to go with you and, and I'm going to put my, my eggs in the Shinsuke basket one last time, Darren. And if I don't get them back, I don't, I don't know anymore. I don't, I don't know what the future of this podcast is. <laughs> well, I think the future of the podcast might be, uh, an, an, an eggless Perry Smith could be. Yeah. There, there will be some legit backlash WWE if uh, Shinsuke is not champion. Anyway, so I'll go with you on this. Shinsuke Nakamura might become your new champion on this night. It's my birthday, WWE. Are you going to give my birthday present or not? If Shinsuke Nakamura becomes the WWE champion on my birthday, I think it'll be like, hey, you did it. <laughs> Well, you know, looking uh, looking at our picks here, we have all the exact same picks except for the Daniel Bryan Big Cass match. And not only do we have different picks, you had a truly outside-the-box pick with your double DQ prediction, mm-hmm. which is not only outside the box for this show, but for ever. I don't think we've ever picked... Uh, a DQ. We we have been burnt on a couple of matches that did end with DQs, but I don't think we've ever picked one. So, hey, you're gonna put some uh, hoodoo on that voodoo. Well, after after I win with my DQ, I will have a victory at Dairy Queen, the real DQ, <laughs> and I will uh, I'll, I'll spill some Blizzard on the ground for my homies who uh, did not win the head to head. Head to head. So we shall see who the winner is next week's episode, next week's exciting episode of the only wrestling podcast called Right Down the Middle, the whole ref and show. But uh, are you watching Backlash? You going to watch Backlash? Let us know. A lot of ways to let us know. On Twitter, at Ref and Show Podcast, R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. Uh, hit us up on Gmail if you got a, uh, a word or two for us that doesn't fit within the Twitter uh, characters. Uh, the whole reference show at gmail.com. T H E W H O L E R E F N S H O W at gmail.com. Or, or you can find us on Instagram at the whole reference show. You can come check out all our pretty pictures. Leave us some comments. Leave us some likes. Spread the word. We are approaching a thousand, a thousand followers there on Instagram. Could you be number 1,000? You could be. Could be. Come join us on Instagram. We have a lot of fun over there. We really do. We really do, folks. And a quick reminder, Fest Wrestling fans, May 12th is going to be Bring Your Mom to in Gainesville, Florida at 8 seconds, the typical venue for a Fest Wrestling show. In fact, next week we're going to be talking a little bit about Bring Your Mom too. so don't want to miss that. Uh, we might have someone involved in Fest on the show. You never know. You know how we like to do it here. You know how we do. Hashtag dear listeners. That's right. You need to join us next week to hear not only the results from Backlash, but a look ahead at Fest Wrestling's Bring Your Mom to Joey Ryan challenging the feminist icon Effie for his Fest Wrestling World Championship That's one hell of a main event. We'll talk about that and much, much more. Of course. We'll talk about Fest. We'll talk about Backlash. And we'll have all the typical hashtag Wrestle News and Wrestle Views here on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole ref and show. Once again, folks, my name is Perry Smith. 
And my name is Darren Beasley. And we'll catch you next week where I'll be one year older. We'll see you then, folks. Take care.